0: is the Undercenter Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Undercenter Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Marr, and I'm joined once again by Fionn Malloy. Two shows in a row with you, Fionn. Um, I guess I'm, I can count myself pretty lucky.
1: Yeah, I know it's been hard to get now the last couple of weeks, but I think I've finally sorted out the schedule now. Me and Jake are inching closer and closer to a compromise. I think he's about ready to say I'm sorry. So uh, hopefully we'll have the full contingent
0: back pretty soon. Well, he could say I'm sorry at some point during the show tonight and he could join us maybe for the second half. You never know. We'll see. But we have uh, we have our Thursday night preview, Thursday night uh, football preview. Obviously tonight is the Carolina Panthers t- traveling to Houston to take on the Texans' Uh The Panthers, who are 2-0, and the Texans, who are 1-1. Both sort of surprising records um, that uh, I don't think many people thought was going to happen. But one person who did think that the Texans were going to do a lot better than uh, everyone else thought this season is our guest for the first half of the show. We're going to be focusing mainly on the, the Houston Texans. And that is friend of the show, Graham. Henderson, who you might know from the uh, Texans UK Twitter page as well, and I think a uh, class at one point as the Houston Texans' biggest fan, Graham. It's great to uh, speak to you again. How have you been? Yeah, I've been fine. Thanks for having me back on. That's no, no problem at all. No problem at all. It's uh, we're delighted to have you on, um, and I'm sure you were delighted to be able to come on to uh, to gloat a little bit about how good the Texans have been this year.
2: Yeah, um, it's come as a surprise to a lot of people, but as we spoke before on the last pod um, that we did together, I had a sneaky suspicion the Texans would be better than than most gave credit for. I think it's the, all the guys coming in with chips on their shoulder, something to prove. You know, um, Tyrod Taylor, he's, he, he's been around the league and he knows how to fit into systems. So I think that's helped a lot as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, that, and he's definitely one of the standout players. Uh, So far this year, Um, unfortunately, though, uh, going down um, during the game on Sunday, which means he won't be taking part tonight. It's going to be the rookie Davis Mills um, at uh, quarterback today. You know, maybe some people speculated that Deshaun Watson might have came in, but those rumours were quashed almost as soon as they started uh, on Sunday. So what are you uh, what are you hoping now to see from Mills this evening?
2: Um what I'm hoping for is, as we've seen in the Browns game, when he first come in, he looked jittery. I think we can all agree on that. You know, he threw a pick that was in quite a dangerous area. But I think once the game continued on, they condensed the playbook. Um, and we've seen players like Mark Ingram uh, shoulder some of the burden of that game, I think. And they started hard running. We have a good crop of running backs in the team. So we need to lean on them a bit more. And then once we get the run game really established, then we can maybe see what Mills is all about. Yeah, Graham,
1: you mentioned in that in the show we already referenced, but the preseason show, we asked you what, what was your high point of the team as it stood at the moment, given all the controversy that was going on. And you highlighted the running back room. And I think they've really showed up and showed out so far this season. Mark Ingram's doing a, a pretty stellar job as what I think you could consider the, the number one back there in the Texans. That must have you excited.
2: Yeah, every run he seems to run. It's all hard running that he does, but it's not just that. You'll see when he comes off the field, he's also a good bit of a cheerleader on that sideline, so he seems to get everyone motivated and keeps the energy levels high. So, yeah, when you look through the depth, we've actually got our, our top four running backs are actually renowned starters at some point on teams, so there's a lot of experience in that room, lots
0: yeah and the names that are there yeah like you're saying the likes of philip Lindsay, who was a starter with the broncos and obviously david johnson who was a starter with with the cardinals as well so there is a lot a lot of depth there and you sort of have a running back for sort of any situation you could say because you have ingram for if you want to you know hard yards up the middle there you know trying to uh, run between uh, push uh, run between a couple of guards uh, uh, and tackles, and then you have Lindsay for like the speed guy on the outside.
2: Yeah, and I think you'll see that David Johnson's been featured more like a third big back. You know, he'll come in for maybe like that short yardage gains, and he's actually quite good at getting out of the backfield and becoming maybe somewhat of a slot receiver over the middle because because of his size, um, and actually playing our strengths. And I think. Those kind of plays are really going to help Mills out when we play the Panthers.
1: Spe- speaking of helping Mills out, Brandon Cooks has been a serious threat in the wide receiver game. Maybe uh, the, only, the only bad thing you could say is maybe no one else has really stepped up singularly to help him out as much over the first two games. But I think in terms of helping out Mills, he's got to be a crucial piece of the puddles alongside that running game tonight. Yeah,
2: I think... Uh, the commentary team mentioned it against the Browns that Brandon Cooks finds a way to work with the with the quarterbacks that he's got. You know, he finds a way to quickly work out how to communicate. And you'll you'll seen that they missed on a huge downfield attempt, uh, Cooks and and Mills, and that could have been a turning point in the game on on Sunday. So maybe with the extra reps that they'll get through practice this week, um, they'll be able to, to to maybe make those those kind of plays work. Um, it'll be exciting to see it if the two do take that big long bombs down the field. Who doesn't like seeing them?
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, looking at the other side of, of the ball though, on the defensive side, because obviously you're coming up against uh one of the top running backs in Christian McCaffrey tonight. Um, and it's going to be a big job for that defensive line and the the linebackers as well to sort of keep him in check Um and you know with losing the likes of, of JJ Watt last year he was always a a, a big loss uh, from a team Um but the, the defensive line that like you know anchored by the likes of Whitney Merciless and then the, the linebacking core you know anchored by the likes of uh, Christian Kirksey and, and Zach Cunningham as well have sort of uh, been able to hold their own in the first two games
2: Yeah I think Robbie Smith's come in and, and really Hit home to these guys about playing aggressive, go get the go get the ball football. Um, it's I've I've enjoyed watching the the defense. I I think come on leaps and bounds from last season. I don't think we could have been any worse. I think we maybe had nine takeaways all season last year, and I think we're already at five after two games. So that goes to show you the kind of uh, aggression that, that that defense has got. Um, it was a it's a shame when you see people like Charles Omoni who. Who is now like our 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 main our main defensive end? He got a bit banged up at the weekend, but I think he'll be good to go. And Justin Reed in the back, he he's been he's been massive already this season for us. You know, the guy's wanting paid next season, obviously. So he's balling out. But I really hope that he can get over his knee injury from the weekend, and because he's a huge part of that defence at the back.
0: Yeah, and he has been on the injury report for the last couple of days. Um, didn't participate to uh, on, uh, Tuesday, uh, in in training. Neither did uh, Danny Amendola. So they'll be looking to sort of get them hopefully back in 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 the lineup. Um, if it is, if Justin Reed isn't sort of uh able to go then uh, tonight, who would you be looking at to sort of maybe look after the the backfield then?
2: I'm kind of I'd really like to see Lonnie Johnson step into the role, you know. Uh I think he's got the aggression levels. He he he's certainly not as aggressive as DJ Sweringer used to be back in the day, you know. He was more about the boom than, than actually playing the position. <laughs> so I I I I like Lonnie and I think he he'll, he'll going to do big things for us. So I think if Lonnie Johnson can really step up in the backfield, we'll, we'll be doing okay. Um we, we took a hell of a injuries at the weekend. Browns included. But um it seemed to be a curse field on Sunday for both teams. But we took our licks.
1: Uh yeah, I was I was laughing there, Graham. As a Washington fan, we've had some experience with Swearinger as well. I agree with you. He loved laying a <laughs> boom and didn't always love actually watching the ball and keeping track of his assignment. I wanted to talk to you a little bit while we're on the defense because we did discuss it how those journeymen, especially on defense, can actually provide a passable defense because they're used to playing in systems and they they know that playing your role is just as important as being a standout player. You already talked about the aggression as well. What's going to be the key on defense? For me, I think it's going to be harnessing that aggression with the four-man front to go after and try and shut down the running game as put as much pressure on the quarterback as possible without necessarily overdoing it. I think striking that balance is going to be tricky. But what do you think are the keys on defense for you guys to shut down this pretty potent Panthers offense?
2: Yeah, it's it's got to start with containing McCaffrey. Um, I was in Houston a couple of years ago when you were allowed to travel, I, when we played the Panthers in NRG, and everything came through that man. There was nothing that didn't have McCaffrey written all over it. And being up in the stands... You know what, like, you start shouting, just leave everyone else, doesn't matter. Just cancel the one guy, and then we'll concentrate on anything else. But if we cannot shut him down, uh, I'm actually quite fearful of what's going to happen. We really need to get him shackled down early.
0: Yeah, and they have done their best to add other pieces to that because DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson have had good starts to the year, um, with the Panthers as well, but obviously, if, if the other person other than McCaffrey getting all the headlines is is Sam Darnold, who's uh, come in and has had a good start um, <coughs> under his new side there with the Panthers too. You know, the the one thing that maybe is 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 not seen a little bit, and we've talked about it before, on previous shows is is the pace that Darnold has and how he is um, likely to sort of break out, maybe go for a run himself. You know. Is that going to be important now, coming up to tonight? That you sort of maybe, I'm not saying dedicate maybe one of the linebackers to to be sort of a QB spy, but to sort of you know have that sort of area covered uh, with a, with a certain zone defensive scheme to to make sure that uh, Darnold isn't able to to run out of pocket.
2: Yeah, I think that would be an important uh, defensive feature to have in this game. Um, probably like your Zach Cunningham. He's side to side, one of the fastest linebackers probably in our side. So, you know, have him as the spy. If he does break out, hopefully, well, hopefully it doesn't get to that, and we can put enough pressure on that he can't. But it's going to be tough, especially with mobile quarterbacks. You know, we've had our struggles with them in the past, um, and it'll be a, a, it'll be a decent challenge for our defense. It'll, it'll give us a baseline of where they actually are this season going forward. Um,
0: Yeah, so it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, and and just finally a few questions um, sort of outside of the game because we've seen obviously the the whole off-season with speculation when it comes to to Deshaun Watson and he's been healthy scratches and, and, and it's not looking likely that he's going to be playing a game again for for the Houston Texans at the site. It, we'll find out later on if he ever plays again now in, in, in the NFL. But, you know, with the speculation with Miami all off season and the fact that Tua has gone down now with fractured ribs, so he could be out for a, a short period of time. I don't know. Obviously, you you have your ears closer to the ground on what's going on around the Texans. Is there, Has there been any sort of movement in trying to get uh, sort of Watson out of Houston. As
2: as far as I'm aware, there's not been. Um, I don't know. I I was fully expecting Miami to be on the phone on Monday to the Texans after two are getting injured, but there was that speculation about uh, will will Deshaun play on Thursday, uh, like in the game, and then it was it was we'll see. That was the quote I think from Cully. We'll, we'll we'll have to see. And that got quickly crushed. I genuinely don't think um, he'll play this season for anyone because I think if he tries to play for anyone, they'll put, he'll be put on the exempt list. And that's just my personal opinion. So as for teams trading for him, I think anyone's going to wait until everything's cleared up. That's all, uh, without um, making any of us getting any sort of trouble about talking about these issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think it will be one of those once everything's cleared up and all the dust settled, then there'll be phone calls made and then things will start moving forward, he, he won't play for the Texans again, there's, there's a huge part of the fan base, it's desperate for him to throw a ball again for Houston but I don't think Deshaun wants to I don't think he's for playing for Houston anymore so I'm through that stage of grief now I've, I've moved on from denial Mm-hmm. And uh let's look forward. So I'm I'm happy enough to 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 roll with Ty God or or Mills, just whoever, you know. I, I actually think it would be a shame for the Texans now, after Taylor being um told he's gonna to be out for like three or four weeks, maybe not to try Calm Newton just as a possible um backup there.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: That would be a a better move for us certainly, and just to move on from the whole the Sean Watson scenario, you know,
1: mm-hmm. Graham. As that kind of unfolds, and as you said, the fan base, of course, there's always going to be a certain number of the fan base who want to see him play again, given the talent that he is. But I I get the sense anyway, most of the fan base has your opinion where it's a pity he won't play, aside from the off field issues, given his his talent on the pitch. But you have to move on. You've seen the team got one and one, which is better than a lot of people thought they would. How do you think that affects the price for Watson in terms of is maybe what you guys are expecting to get back from should a trade happen? Has it gone down a little bit where you're almost like just get him off the books, get him out of the mines, we'll take maybe a first rounder where in the preseason it was talking three first rounders, five first rounders in terms of future first round picks. For you personally, how do you think the price has changed for Watson at the moment?
2: I generally don't think his price has come down. I I just think that we we did well in in, in getting Taylor into the building and, and teaching him whatever colour whatever scheme you know um Tim Kelly and that wanted to run. Deshaun Sean Watson will win teams games. There's no denying that. So I think the right team like Miami, if if everything, if they did pick up the phone. They need him more than we need to have him sitting on our bench,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, for their franchise. So we're not going to give him up for for. It's not the Bill O'Brien era anymore. There's there's nobody getting to rob the bank um, anymore. So I don't think his his price has changed, and I think that's why he'll he'll stay on our our bench until teams get really desperate.
0: Okay, um, it would be interesting to see, especially when it comes up to uh, week seven, week eight, when the when the trade trades deadline, sorry, I should say, approaches to see if there are any, or you could say quote unquote, desperate teams. But like you were saying there, Graham any team that trades for him and then tries to play him will probably met with the commissioner's list, so he probably won't be playing football at all one way or another this season at least um but before we um before we let you go um we'll do a, a quick U-turn back to to tonight's game and you know what are your keys for the Texans tonight to uh, to make sure that they they win um outside of you know obviously the usual like Christian McCaffrey has to be be kept in, in in check but is there any sort of you know um topics or areas to look at that haven't been um talked about enough that you think are going to be important tonight
2: I think the Texans tight end room um is going to be a big key in in tonight's game uh Pharaoh Brown if he plays hugely aggressive tight end you know, um, but I think he's already built up chemistry with the two quarterbacks that he's a dependable outlet. I think Anthony Miller will be back into this game after injury, so it'll be interesting to see what he can bring to the field. We're going to be down Nico Collins and Dan, Danny Amendola. they're, I think, they're both going to be ruled out for this game. So it's going to be can kind the of tight ends pick up the slack of some of the wide receivers out there? Because I think the way Mills is going to have to work this game is going to be short, short-field yardage, a lot of short-field yardage. So I think that's the key to us winning this game is that we can keep the ball on our offensive side and try and get our defence off as quick as possible.
0: Excellent. And then finally, uh, last question, uh, what is your prediction for tonight's score-wise?
2: I think, uh, I generally think the Texans are going to be able to squeak it. Um, so I think it's going to be 24-17 The Texans,
0: right? Okay, so definitely a, a high-scoring uh, game for sure. Um, I think I, I I like I like that. I think so. I think that um, that they have the well, they obviously have a chance. Um, I think I I would have liked them more in this game personally if if Tyrod was playing. And um, the fact that he's not is going to be a big issue and the defensive line in Carolina has been pretty, um, pretty solid so far this year. So we'll have to see, see what happens there. But listen, Graham, thanks so much for taking the time to speak to us uh, tonight. We really hope that you uh, enjoy the game later and you uh, obviously get the result that you're hoping for. Thanks, guys. Thanks, so, Graham. Bro- Absolute pleasure. Uh, we will be back in a couple of minutes where we'll be focusing on the Carolina Panthers side of things um, when we're going to be talking to Anton Stanley from the Riot Report. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back in about 30 seconds. Now, welcome back to the UnderCenter podcast for the second half of our Thursday night football preview. Of course, the Carolina Panthers taking on the Houston Texans later on this evening. Uh, so we're going to focus on the Carolina Panthers side of things and joining us to talk about the Panthers is Antoine Stanley who writes for the Riot Report. Uh, Antoine, thanks so much for taking time to speak to us. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Excellent. We are excellent. Looking forward especially to the game later on this evening and looking at the, the Panthers in, heading into this game, of course, uh, two and all record, one of only seven teams left to be undefeated coming off a fantastic win. Uh, on Sunday against the, the New Orleans Saints uh, by twenty six points to seven, um, it's not not just an impressive uh, win, a regular season win, but an important divisional matchup as well for possibly a a wild card spot.
3: Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, just to get off to a two and zero start, uh, obviously you beat the Jets and. You know, the Saints, you know, I know they're going in a little bit of transition, too, even though, you know, with Jameis Winston coming off of Drew Brees. But to get a quality win, and you saw what they were able to do against the Packers in week one, they pretty much shut down that offense and Aaron Rodgers and Aaron, you know, Jones and, you know, that crew. So, yeah, I think it's a big time win, especially get those first two at home. And now you're going to go on the road for the next couple of weeks, too, as well, starting with Texans team that I think, you know, even though Tyrod Taylor's going to be out, I think people will probably think they're, you know, they're, they're better. They're playing better than what I think a lot of people maybe expected heading into this game. Yeah,
1: Antoine, before we get into uh, analyzing exactly what needs to happen in this game for the Panthers to win, I wanted to get your opinion on the quarterback situation. One of the big quarterback moves in the offseason, we didn't get a chance to talk to you about it beforehand, is of course Sam Darnold coming over to the Panthers. What did you make of that move and what have you made of his performance so far this season?
3: Well, I mean, at the time it was kind of like one of those moves where you're still getting a young guy, you can kind of see what he can possibly do and... You know, see, have a year, see if he can be the guy. If he can't be the guy, that you go out and draft somebody, uh, next year in the 2022 draft. But so far, you know, the reviews have been pretty good, and don't think he's made every kind of throw that you want. Has not turned the ball over that much. He did have that. You know, crazy, freakly play, uh, fumble slash, eater, or whatever you want to call it, the turnover where he probably should have just ate it and sat, uh, took the sack there. But outside of that, I thought he's played really well within this offense. I think you know the maybe the main thing, the biggest critique, probably not necessarily his fault, but just really the offense in general is just they haven't been able to generate a lot of offense after halftime in the second half. And I think that's definitely going to need to be, need to improve, especially as you get later on and where the weather starts to get a little bit colder, teams start to get a little bit more film on you and uh, the Panthers are definitely going to have to do a better job making second half adjustments to what teams are doing. And that's, that's probably be my only nitpicking of them so far in Donald.
0: Yeah. And obviously we've seen that how, how good Darnold has been and, and, Last season, the the Panthers had, had Teddy Bridgewater under center, and and he did look good at the start of the season. But one important factor that he missed for most of last season was Christian McCaffrey being injured and not being available, which sort of maybe you know maybe hampered him a little bit. And in those clo- a lot of close games that the Panthers were involved in, having Christian McCaffrey may have swung the tide, and maybe they could have ended up with a better record. And how important is it going to be? And like this could be an understatement of a question, but how important is it going to be now to have Christian McCaffrey fit all season to help Sam Darnold's progression uh, in the team?
3: I mean, until you have one of the best players in football, I mean, obviously going to help your uh, (laughs) ball team, but yeah, I think uh, having a guy that can run the ball pretty well, especially when you need him to. And also uh, getting somebody that can catch the ball out the backfield too, as well. He has another dimension that takes pressure off her, DJ Moore, who's having a tremendous year throughout the first two games of the season. And also Robbie Anderson, who had a great year last year, too, as well. So it takes pressure off of those guys and just add another added dimension to their offense. And you take that away, then you're kind of not only you're looking for a running game, but you're also looking for somebody that can, you know, take some pressure off Sam Donald when he gets in a little bit of trouble, too, as well. But, yeah, anytime you can have add somebody like that, I think it's definitely a bit benefit to your offense.
1: What a relief that he came back just as dynamic as when he went out injured. We've seen Saquon take a little bit of time to get back in the groove, but uh, he's really hit, McCaffrey's really hit the ground running in the passing game as well. That's got to be great for Donald to have that kind of blanket like you already talked about and and keep that offense churning along.
3: Yeah, I think, I think part of the reason why they kept, he, he didn't have to miss 13 games last year, but I think it came a point where, you know, Panthers were out of it anyway, so it's really no benefit to really put him back in there. I know he wanted to play the last few games of the season, but they, they kind of protected him from himself and just say, you know what, take the rest of the time off, get ready, prepare, get ready for the offseason, and we need you 100% healthy for the 2021 season. And I think you're starting to see the benefits of that, at least early on.
0: If you're – now moving forward to the game this evening, um you mentioned – Tyrod Taylor is out for the Texans. Davis Mills is going to be under centre. And you'd assume that he's going to have a bit of a tough time because that defensive line, um, especially with with Brian Burns and uh, importantly as well, I think Morgan Fox has had a really good start to the year too, is going to be putting a lot of pressure on the rookie.
3: Yeah, I think Hassan Reddick has been a huge addition for this team too, as well. I mean, a lot of people talk about Brian Burns and you know the way he's played the last few couple of years in his career, but you know having a guy like Hassan Reddick, who um, a double digit sack guy, what he was with the Cardinals last year, and really got getting off to a great start this year too, as well. Uh, has three sacks through two games. Uh, that's taking a lot of pressure off of Burns. And then you get you got a guy like Morgan Fox too, who was part of that Rams defense too, as well. I think very underrated signing for the Panthers too. And you know, you have you have a Derrick Brown, uh, Gross Matos won't play on Thursday, but I definitely think he's somebody uh that can benefit there in the passing game, in the pass rushing game too as well. I think the Panthers wanna just have a collection of guys that maybe they can interchange in and out throughout the course of a game that can get continue to get pressure on the quarterback throughout the course of a game. And I definitely seen that throughout the uh, throughout the first two games of the season. And I definitely think it'd be something that you see later on as well.
0: Yeah, and looking a little further back uh, behind the defensive line of the linebacking group, a name that has um, flashed this year and has been fantastic has been Shaq Thompson. Um, Since he's gotten that number changed to number seven, he's definitely been sort of playing out of his skin so far.
3: Yeah, I think the first game of the season, he really played well. Last week, it was a little bit quieter game, but the first game of the season, had 10 tackles. Obviously, had the interception, too, on Zach Wilson, uh, tackle for loss as well. And it's somebody that they need, they need somebody dynamic in the linebacking game, too, as far as their linebackers. Obviously, you know, trying to replace a guy like Luke Keekly is never easy, too, as somebody that's um, – future Hall of Famer, potentially, but I think Shaq has been there long enough where he feels like he's starting to get a little bit comfortable, especially in Phil Snow's defense, where you know maybe he can have a breakout type of season, but yeah, it's just about consistency. He can, can, can continue it for a 17-game season now, and uh, we'll have to see if that remains to, remains to be the seen uh, throughout the course of the year, but he's definitely also a really good start.
1: Antoine, were you surprised by how hot the, the Carolina Panthers' defense started, or did you kind of see it coming with the moves they made in the offseason?
3: uh i mean i i I was surprised last week uh i think against the jets not necessarily because you're playing Mm -hmm. a rookie quarterback and yeah, obviously whenever you're you're a first time starter in the league it can be a little bit difficult on you last week against the saints yeah i was definitely a little bit surprised too the way they were able to get pressure on Jameis and uh, really shut down their offense what really surprised me is just the way they limited alvin kamara uh let had him he had five yards uh throughout the course of the game too. So that really surprised me more than anything being able to stop the run the way that they have and um like I say it'd be interesting to see can they keep it up for the rest of the year. But that that really surprised me just the way they they limit one of the best running backs in the game to just a minuscule number like that.
0: Yeah breaking so many fantasy owners' hearts last weekend the Panthers were for sure. Um but it's a different sort of running attack that they'll have to face this evening against the Texans, sort of like a a tree-headed monster, you could say, because they've got, obviously, uh, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, and um, and, and, uh, Johnson there as well. Um, So different players with different attributes. We spoke to... um, uh, Graham Henson, who's a Texans fan, of it later on, and he was mentioned that the different dynamics that these running backs bring to the game, like the Ingram is the hard running sort of running back, uh, Philip Lindsay is the speed guy on the outside, and of course uh, Johnson is sort of is can be more of that like pass catching uh, running back if needed too. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot to plan for tonight, especially for the uh, Panthers defense.
3: Yeah, I I mean, I imagine you have a young quarterback in there. You're definitely going to run the football and try to shorten the game as much as possible and take pressure over him. So it's 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 gonna come down. Can the Panthers uh make those stops uh, defensively once again, slowing down the rushing game? If they can, then get those Texans, get the Texans in third and second and third and long situations, and then you know pin their ears it. That's kind of what the Panthers have been doing early on this year, early on this season, been able to get those quarterbacks in those uh tough situations where you have to throw the ball, whereas like you maybe in the second and four or third and three or whatever the case may be, you can have options there offensively uh second and third and long third and eight, third and 39 you pretty much know what the defense is going to do at that point for the most part except maybe some trip plays so i definitely think that's kind of what the panthers are hoping for uh and be able to pin their ears back and just get out there um uh, meals like kind of like how they did zach wilson in week one i guess the obvious
1: uh flip side to that as well on the offense has got to be trying hit those big chunk plays right at the start, jump out to an early lead and, and force the Texans to move away from that run game and try and spread the ball around and let the, the Carolina defense backfield kind of make the plays that they need to make.
3: Yeah, I think they've done that in the first two games too. They've gotten off to really good starts too, uh, heading into mm-hmm. halftime. Uh, they had not been able to sustain it offensively. I know they've been running the football a little bit more in the second half, but yeah, I definitely think that's kind of the game plan, especially a team like this. Your, your first road game of the year too, tricky, short week. Uh, you really don't know what to expect. Uh, like I said, I think the Texans are a better team than I think some people project. They kind of they kind of caught a break, I think, with Tyrod Taylor not playing because I think that would have added a little bit more tricky situation for the Panthers' defense trying to cover somebody that's you know mobile like him. And I think he was solid prior to his injury. But yeah, I think they're gonna just. Be able to control the game that way. Not make. I think the biggest thing for offensively is just not making mistakes. Just not being yourself. in a game like this, especially a team that you should win pretty handily against too, as well.
0: Yeah, and uh, staying with the offense, how important has it been to sort of have um, Joe Brady around still as offensive coordinator because he seems to be able to be getting the best out of uh, Sam Darnold at the moment.
3: Oh, uh, I think there's been some hit miss yeah good and bad moments with joe brady i think the good has been getting you know sam Darnold the way he's been looking so far this year and obviously you know having the weapons that they do offensively i think probably uh we've seen it throughout the course of even last year and then a little bit to this year too as well uh the red zone issues i definitely think that's been a big thing with the panthers too they've been able to get into the red zone but they still have to settle for field goals and then you know if you're trying to be one of the you know best seven teams in your conference, you got to be able to score touchdowns, especially if you're playing a team like a Tampa Bay uh, twice throughout the course of the year, you want to try to get one of those wins against them and some of the other upper echelon teams in the NFC. You definitely have to find ways to score touchdowns when you get that close uh, within the red zone. I think that's probably the biggest, uh, I think complaint Panthers fans have and obviously probably the kicking game too, but that doesn't necessarily fit Joe Brady, but yeah, I definitely think uh, that so far the Reviews have been pretty solid about Joe Brady, but yeah, they definitely need to clean the red zone uh, situation. So
0: Yeah, and like like we mentioned earlier, having Christian McCaffrey back is definitely sort of something that is definitely is going to help in the red zone and um, when needed to. Um, just moving on then to sort of things to look out for in this game, especially tonight. on – from a, a Panthers' point of view, looking at at the Texans, um, where are you sort of looking at in terms of you know the, the biggest threats to the Panthers tonight?
3: Uh, I, I think uh, just you know taking care you know make sure Donald is upright really, uh, just making sure the offensive line of the Panthers has always been a weak spot for them, and I still think it it is. It's been playing okay at times, but they've still allowed pressure from time to time. Where you look at the Jets game, you also look at the game against the saints too, as well. And, you know, anytime you can get pressure on the quarterback, you know, bad things can potentially happen there. So yeah, I think just trying to take pressure off of him and protect him as much as possible. I think that's kind of where you're looking at. And, you know, we've seen the Texans, they've, they play well at times, especially defensively. So yeah, I definitely think it's important to make sure you take care of Donald so he, you can try to limit the amount of mistakes that he makes. And then
0: on, on the defensive side things, is, primarily getting at Davis, uh, kind of stopping the run, the the main two aspects of the game that you're going to be looking at?
3: Yeah, I think really just stopping the run and trying to get pressure off of on Mills as much as possible to force them in long situations and possible turnovers. That's really, the. it sounds simple, but I definitely think that's really
0: the key and, of the day, Actually, Nas, no, so I meant to ask when, when the defense was uh, – when we were speaking about the defense earlier, but um, the first-round first, first round pick this year, J.T. Horn, who probably would um, cover maybe Brandon Cooks tonight um, at some stage, and he's probably their their standout wide receiver. How has how uh, Horn uh, settled into the side?
3: Well, I, I think he's been solid so far for his first interception last weekend. and – you know, he's somebody – cornerback is such a tricky position coming into the league, first off, because, um, yeah, you, you, you're kind of what you're like a chicken with your head cut off at times. You're trying to learn just, you know, the, the speed of the game, but also some of the new route trees that the receivers are running and things of that nature, too. So, yeah, I think he's been solid so far. And now you get an A.J. Boye back, which I think is only going to help the Panthers secondary, too, as well. So, yeah, I'm definitely – uh, I believe they'll be – just fine in that area but so far you know JC Horn has been a solid surprise there for, um the number for him
1: yeah he got a nice easy soft one for his first interception I don't there wasn't much around him he just had to stand there and pick it but we were talking to Graham a little bit earlier on he was surprised by how good the offensive line is for Houston and has played for the first two games but I suspect and I, I wonder do you agree Andon? I don't think that's going to be much of a problem for for the Panthers this week, given they're going to focus probably mostly on those running backs. And like you said, if if Mills does try and sling the ball around, that's not necessarily a huge problem for the Panthers as their defense is set up at the moment.
3: No, I think that's kind of what they would like them to do is be able to pass it as much as possible. Um, if The way they, they start running it, Dan, then... I definitely think that's where you see defense players start to get more and more tired, and uh, you keep them out there on the field longer. And I think that's kind of what Houston kind of wants there moving forward. But yeah, I think they they want them to be able to pin theirs back and be able to throw the football as much as possible.
0: Yeah, and this is the first of two road games in a row for for the Panthers. They they play the Cowboys next week, and then they're they're back home against the Eagles. So two NFC East sides in a row. It's pretty it's not totally inconceivable that um by the end of that Eagles game that the, the Panthers could be five or could be five and oh. Uh we'll see. <laughs> I
3: don't I don't know he doesn't plan, want to but... jinx it. it's wanna I just nah. want you I
0: just wanna hear you say it. Nah, say I the Panthers no, are gonna be five and oh. I don't
3: I don't have any horse in the race, so I don't you know, it doesn't matter to me, but I definitely think um The Cowboys game is tricky, and then you never – this is a typical trap game because people think, you know, automatically the Panthers are going to win, and they probably should, but you never know, especially on the short week. You're going on the road for the first time, and it can get tricky. Uh, Five and no, I don't don't know if they're going to be five and no, but I definitely think, you know, they'll have an opportunity to stay with the Cowboys at least anyway perfect diplomatic answer there now for sure and <laughs> um, like, like i say i don't have a horse in the race and, you know when <laughs> it comes to the panthers so i just try to you know report on what's true so <laughs> uh so yeah so um looking at then
0: the game tonight um prediction wise what you think is going to happen
3: uh i think you know as far as you know if you, you happen to bet on the game i definitely think um I, I might would take the Texans with the points possibly because I think you know they've shown good enough they can stick they can stay with teams, but I think the Panthers are probably squeak one out maybe by a field goal or four points or so. But yeah, I definitely think the Panthers will get the victory.
0: Okay, perfect. Yeah, I sort of I sort of agree with you in terms of I think the Panthers will win. I don't know why. I just have a weird suspicion that I might not be as close. Um, I think the I think Tyrod missing is a big, big issue um for them so i think it's going to stop them from moving the ball up the field as effectively as they want because i think that panthers defense is is really obviously um the team spent all of their draft picks last year on getting that defense they only have a year under their belt sorted i think that's and um, they're looking pretty good and i think maybe that yeah i think they i think it could be a comfortable enough win for for the panthers Fionn what do you think
1: yeah, I'm going to go two scores. I reckon the Panthers probably get three touchdowns in the first half. I think their slow second half might continue just a field goal. So I reckon somewhere around 24-10, I think the Texans will maybe scrape a field goal in the middle just to keep themselves ticking along and then score a touchdown right at the end when when the game's kind of iced a little bit. So that's how I yeah. see it
0: going anyway. Well, we have seen a little bit of a trend in that, and uh, I'd l- love to get your opinion on it, Antoine, as well. Yeah. There has been a couple of teams so far in these first two weeks where it's been all gas, no breaks in in the first half, and then when it comes to the second half, they seem they seem to tire out. I, I noticed it there with with the Seahawks, the 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 Lions the other night as well against the the Packers scored all of their seventeen points in the first half too. The, um, there's definitely been a few sides that have struggled to sort of keep any sort of and to keep, you know, things going into the second half, especially if they performed well in the first?
3: Well, I think uh, it's a few things. I think, you know, teams adjusting to other teams, I think I think uh, that has a little bit to do with it. Also, I just think the lack of players playing in the preseason, I think that has a little bit to do with it. And I mean, some players played, some did not. So early on in the season, you're still conditioning has a bit factor too, as well. You're still learning how to play four quarters, uh, even though you've played, years and years doing it but you know each year is a little bit different especially when you're trying to get your body into doing it it's you know you can really can't simulate that during that practice so I definitely think that has a little bit to do with it too as well so yeah I think as time goes on you'll start to see a little bit more offensive start to get things going as the season you know, moves on but yeah it's hard especially early on when some of these players did not play at all throughout the course of the preseason so they're still getting adjusted to playing uh, for 50 minutes.
0: Yeah, excellent. Well, listen, uh, Anton, it's been so great to speak to you today. Before we let you go, uh, where can uh, people read some of your work?
3: Uh, the Riot Report. Uh, you found find my work at Antoine Staley on Twitter. If you're on there, uh, that's probably the best place to find me too as well. So, yeah, you can read my work there and check me out.
0: Excellent. Again, thanks so much for taking the time to speak to us today. I really hope you uh, enjoy the game later on. All
3: right, then. Y'all take it easy.
0: Thanks for very much. Stuff. And that is the end of our preview uh, today. Uh, thanks so much to Anton, uh, who took the time to speak to us there before the game. And of course, Graham Henderson uh, from Texans UK, who uh, spoke to us in the first half of the show. Fionn, thanks to you as always. Uh, we can't get the, the legal issue with Jake sorted out this evening, but hopefully by next week, we will have uh, all three of us on board together. He just has to say, sorry, that's all I'm looking for. <laughs> well look as uh as the famous song is sorry seems to be the hardest word mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but you know what isn't when you hear that thursday night football music start later on tonight because we do have football again it seems it comes around so quickly it's so great when we get this time of year it's brilliant but uh that like i said that is it if make sure if you aren't uh, already make sure you're following us on twitter and instagram they're both at under center pod, uh, We are also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash UndercenterPod. Uh, make sure you're listening to, or make sure you're, I should say, sorry, you're subscribed to our YouTube channel, because we are going to be having our Beat the Bookies show uh, this week as well, to sort of win you a little bit of money heading into this weekend too, so make sure you're tuned into that as well, so we can get you a bit of money for this weekend. And maybe get ourselves feeling a little bit of money too, if we, uh, if we like each other's bet enough i think so we need it i think the pair of us need it (laughs) definitely for sure look at me in these rags here i need (laughs) i need new clothes here i need new clothes um but that is it for tonight's show if you are staying up to uh watch the game i hope you enjoy it uh but if not uh we will uh, see you soon so make sure you stay safe